Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA. Please help support the show by checking out our Patreon site where for just a few dollars you can have access to all kinds of episode extras, videos, and short tutorials that are updated weekly. Just click the link in the episode details that says support the show and we'll take you directly to that site. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, Greg and I are joined by Brady Pasola. Brady is a Marine, Executive Protection Agent, and he's the creator of the Gray Man Project, which is a new initiative to provide information to the average person on Gray Man theory, modern preparedness, personal security, family readiness, wilderness survival, and security consulting. Brady talks about his interpretation of the Gray Man concept and describes how to utilize a methodology that can help you easily adapt to new environments. Brady also gives a detailed anthropological explanation of where these concepts came from. Please check the episode details for links to the Gray Man Project. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started today's episode. Uh, just for those of you who are just listening and not following along, live streaming on Facebook, remember, guys, follow me on Facebook, and then we'll pop up on here live every once in a while and take some Q&A from everyone. But we're recording this on uh, August 6th. And uh, on today's episode, we have a friend of mine, friend of ours, actually, uh, we've known for a while, uh, Brady Pasola. So Brady's on here. He's going to be talking about what he's got going on with this Gray Man project and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, Grady, uh, I want to just, first of all, thanks for uh, coming on and joining us. You got a much cooler background than we have. You're outside in a beautiful area. Yeah, but he's there illegally, so yeah, it's okay. It might be his neighbor's yard. So thanks, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for having me on. A big fan of what you guys do, uh, and a lot of what I teach has come from from you guys' teachings. So I appreciate you guys and what you do. It helps uh, helps us out here. Yeah, that's Aww. that's awesome. So uh, you know, everyone probably listened to the intro and stuff on you, but you know, you have Marine Corps background. Uh, you do executive protection. You've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But I kind of wanted to start it off with uh, tell kind of let all the listeners know how you know greg right from from you know your first interactions with him i was anytime we have a guest on that that knows us from the past i always like to tell them the story i think so far andy reese might have the best one uh no, but, no reese is a but, poser <laughs> i don't even remember reese now that i think yeah, back right, on it, Brian. Yeah, right. i'll let i'll let brady go ahead and, and tell that story I always, you guys know, I run the Gray Man Project uh, here in San Diego, uh, which I, I live about five miles down from you. Um, but uh, yeah, we um, we teach people a more common sense, pragmatic, practical approach to preparedness. We're not out there uh, on machine guns or out on on scooters shooting machine guns, doing doomsday prepper stuff. We're actually teaching practical survival, practical preparation, practical. Um, mental uh, approach to uh, a more cerebral intellectual approach to uh, preparedness and, and through that, the gray man um, idea. And it's funny is actually a lot of people call it the gray man philosophy. And if you break down what a philosophy is, it's not actually a philosophy. It's more of a method uh, than anything else. Cause there's different types of strategies and approaches to 
um, towards preparedness and gray man is, is a method of preparedness to allow you the ability to move freely through each environment to go through adapt and survive as you need to. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a great, great definition there. And that's kind of what, so you know, kind of what drew me to what you were doing too, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. So, you know, of, of people in this area are talking about being a gray man and not sticking out and this other thing. And some of it is good common sense stuff. Some of it's really weird. And I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you know, whatever, Hey, to each their own. And you, again, like you, like you said, you bring this, Hey, this is a very practical method of looking at things and not just, uh, you know, I, you call it a methodology or a method, which is great. And I also think it's too kind of like, like a mindset of how to approach things, you know, how to not stick out in your, in your surroundings. So, I know you're always sharing our stuff, which I appreciate it because Marin, he also has to he also has to take us back to two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a cheap hotel in Calabas. <laughs> right. yeah. Cheap hotel yeah. in Calabasas, California. Both of us had a little too much to drink, Brady. <laughs> Come on. Right. So this is where the whole gray man thing started. Well, so so back in two thousand, um, I, I did four years in the Marine Corps from two thousand two to two thousand six as a radio operator with the field artillery unit in Hawaii. And during those four years of the height of the war, we sat with thumbs up our asses waiting to go play. But unfortunately, 11th Marines got to go do their part in artillery. And the rest of us, the artillery community, were sitting there going, we just want to go play and blow shit up. So anyway, we never deployed. I got out in uh, 2006, a little disgruntled at it, uh, because of it. And then I got recalled uh, back to active service. And I'm like, all right, cool. We get to go play a little bit. So I went to Mobcom over in Kansas City. And a bunch of us are sitting us in a room. It's all infantry and radio operators. I haven't seen guys since, since like comm school. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and they said, you're all going to be base MPs or garrison billets. And we're like, are you, are you kidding me right now? And you were used to that because you were fapped out, right? <laughs> well, I'm no, kidding. So I'm we, kidding. So I love, I was, yeah, I was a radio operator recalled to be a base MP. And I'm yeah. like, that's not very cool, man. No, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that at all. Um, and so I went, got back from Mocom, went to my PSR and was like, look, dude, I don't want to do that shit. I want to go deploy and, and do my thing as a radio operator. And they're like, they come back a couple days later. I said, sorry, bud, per Mocom. Apparently guys getting recalled where you're getting popped, smoked or belligerent as, as, as hell. Out. And so they were like, no, we're putting you back in filling garrison billets and stuff like that. So anyway, fast forward, I'm in ATs. We're getting prepped up to take orders to go be base MPs over at Pendleton. And uh, they said, hey, we got this great course coming along the way. want to see if you want to jump in. And I said, what is it? And they said, well, it's right up your alley. It's uh, human tracking and behavioral analysis. I'm like, what's it called? They said combat hunter. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I joined it and then it was three of us MPs. All of us were in the I'm a deck. We were all recalls. So we weren't actual MPs. We were all different MOSs. Uh, two of them were infantry and one was, uh, was a radio operator. So um, so we, were, we weren't even MPs yet. We hadn't taken orders. We were just still field Marines that had just put in this position. So we get in this class, and I have a background growing up on a farm. I actually grew up tracking um, animals, hunting and trapping and things like that on the farm I grew up. So I was like, all right, cool, fucking humans, a little bit easier. And then they started teaching the human behavior analysis. That's when I saw Greg. And by far, uh, Greg is probably the funniest instructor, best instructor um, that I've ever had in the Marine Corps. And I think the Marines need to really um, concentrate on bringing in outside civilian sources to teach classes. Because as you know, Marines tend to Marine stuff up and it just complicates things. So Greg, probably the best instructor. And one day he come in 
uh, to class and he, uh, he was mad because the MPs stopped him. Um, and he was bitching about MPs and we're in the backs and they're laughing our asses. We weren't quite MPs yet. We were about to take orders, be MPs. And we're like, we're, we're back there nodding, laughing like, yeah, they suck, dude. <laughs> what, what I remember, what I remember from 2008 and I got a big cabeza. First of all, you said probably the best instructor. You got to clean that up a little. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, the best, I'm sorry. The all, best instructor. There we go. Now we got it. Marinette at that. <laughs> no, I'm so, I'm so humbled by your words, uh, but change that. And then the, uh, the other, the other thing that you were saying, uh, you didn't add cutest, uh, uh, instructor, which is cool. We'll talk about that later too. But if you remember the building that we were teaching in, they had uh, yeah. rows of folding chairs and only one shitter. And it was that cinder block long building. So we had to keep walking up and down that center. And so I was there, uh, uh, Marin, with, with uh, I'll just use call signs. I was there with teacher and cutter. And so Cutter caught on to these guys early and Cutter goes back there and he comes up and he goes, Hey, you better watch it. Those guys back there are MPs. So he thought it was hilarious thinking that you guys would like mob me in the shitter and beat me up. And you guys were actually agreeing with me because you remember there was, there was such different standards back there for getting on post. And, yeah. and it, it, oh, it was just, it was a nightmare. It was a great course. You guys were great students. Uh, I was much thinner than other than that, Marin. I, I don't remember much. I, I remember, they didn't buy we, me a drink or a lunch. I remember that. Yeah, we, we absolutely loved it. Um, and it was funny being around with the one four because, uh, one four thought we were all MPs. It's like, look, fuckers. I'm sorry. Can I? Am I? Uh, am I allowed yeah. to cuss? Or? Yeah, you, you can. No, yeah. no. Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm trying just, to hold it back. You're just not allowed to say one four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the only thing you can't say. I was like, look, fuckers. We're 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 not. We're pogues. We're not that kind of pogue. All right. So calm yeah. down a little bit. Because I had spent most of my time in the field in artillery as a radio operator. And it's funny as they said. Um, there have one force having comm issues. And I walked up and I said, you guys want the MP to handle your radio for you? Cause we were in the field. Oh portion. my God. That's and they're like, what? And I was like, look, dickhead, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm almost 621. I'm a radio operator. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, oh, okay. Well, you're on radio watch. I'm like, you mother. I'm a sergeant. <laughs> That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. So, so Mary, but, you remember yeah. those, you remember those classes in the early days, everybody was voluntold. So nobody had any idea what they were getting into. Yeah. Everybody showed up and they were all uncomfortable because they had to bring bag and baggage. You guys had a TA-50, weapons, everything. So they had a gear guards everywhere they went. The building was always too small, and that ended up having some people uh, uh, sitting on, like, MRE cases and stuff. There was only ever one shitter, and it was always a male shitter. And then there was the little PX. I don't know what the Marines call them, if that's the right term or something. But there was the little PX, and it was, like, three or four barracks down. And everybody took lunch at the same, same time. time. <laughs> so, so these guys would come back and they were all pissed and nobody had food, nobody had water. Or it was like the gym was the back wall of where we were teaching. So you heard the Marines in there with their music, pumping iron and running and screaming. Uh, but you've, you've got to admit, because you know that we we're a, a, a cheap date, Brady. you got to admit, I'll, I'll let you tell me. Were you able to utilize any of the information out of that course, like immediately? Because uh, that was our goal. Our goal was that you were going to walk out the back door and immediately start going, bing, 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 I've got it. I'm absolutely glad you asked that because I couldn't wait to tell you all the shit I've done since then. That, <laughs> that has, oh, my God. Even a broken clock, Brady. Even a broken <laughs> Oh, my God. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we got out of that class. I get uh, the, the first part is they, as a sergeant. They're like, hey, we don't put you on patrol, but you got to go on the gates first, learn LEO procedure and shit like that. Let me be honest and clear. I am a shit MP. 
I was a shit LEO. Great Marine. My fit reps were like, you're a fucking great Marine. You're a shit LEO. And the reason why is because I just didn't like the job, but I understood MPs. Like from an objective standpoint, why MPs get a bad rap, and I'll explain that later on. Just from an objective, uh, as an anthropologist, as a Marine anthropologist (laughs) looking in on these guys. Um, But oftentimes we had the gate looking at things um, and observing. And I was trying to teach the, the Lance Corporals and PFCs that were MPs that were fresh out of school. Like, here's a different way to look at things. Here's an objective way of looking at things. When someone's coming through the gate, it's a gunny. He may not have his ID, but trust me, he's not there to blow the fucking place up. Let the guy through so he can go on about his business. You know what I mean? So, and, and observe people like being drunk, on drugs, uh, behavior cues and stuff like that. Difference between a guy having a bad day and a guy that has intent to fuck up the the base yep. you know and things like that so we use that but about a year later exactly about a year from the combat hunters course i get a, i'm on patrol finally uh i've been taken off patrol like the first day because i backed into some broken tail light and they put me back <laughs> on the gate yeah <laughs> anyway go. so i'm finally back on patrol again and they gave me a call and said hey uh we need you we need you to go to 20 uh the ammo dump area and uh, or what was it, ammo dump it was by horno i think and mm. camp horno and I'm like, why? And they said, well, the snipers are out there playing around and they saw a bunch of people downrange that they didn't want to shoot. And it's been known that coyotes will come on base and drop off immigrants, trying to get around the, the five, the checkpoint yeah, there. Absolutely, and yeah. so they dropped off a bunch of immigrants on base. And so they were out there and they had already had start and they called me because, hey, you're the combat hunters course, right? I'm like, yeah. So you know how to track? I'm like, well, not an expert, but yeah, I can, I can, I can fake my way through it. Sure. So, um, we get up there and they brought in the new, the new watch commander and a couple guys. And I literally set them up like a combat tracking team. We set them up. I was the, the tracker. They were flanked on our side and we actually spent, uh, we, we tracked them about five or six miles before I finally found them. It was all grass shine and stuff like that. And it was, it was easy. We popped up and there were like seven immigrants and one spoke a, an indigenous Yucatan language. She didn't speak Spanish and she had a baby yeah. attached to her. Wow. Tracking yeah. her. Um, it was, it was really heartbreaking. I mean, they had gone so far, you know, aside from politics and stuff like that. Like I just, I felt honestly like, wow, okay, this is a rough day for them. Yeah. So the, the Lieutenant next to me, he spoke a little bit of Spanish. And so he's, he's talking to him. We get there and then, um, before Border Patrol got there, because it's on base and Border Patrol ain't going to fucking try and do LEO on base. They're just going to come there, pick them up and take them out. Yeah. We started asking, interrogating them, not interrogating, but asking them, who dropped you off? What did the vehicle look like? They said, oh, it was a big box truck. It had a left lean and this, that, so on and so forth. So we patrolled that area for the next week, profiling, um, combat profiling. i be clear about that one uh, because people get upset when you say profile. And I actually want to talk about that later. Uh, yeah, we can. You guys brought up. And I try to talk to other people, the difference between uh, like racial profiling and actual profiling, which people yeah. give a bad rap to. Um, but so we were profiling every truck. And then one day, there's a truck going down the a real slow going down the highway and it's got a real tight left lean in the box truck. We've seen trucks all week long and that was the one. So we were like, all right, what can we do? What kind of probable cause can we find to pull this fucker over and actually get in his business? Um, and uh, we're following, 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 following. And he blew a red, uh, uh, no, it was a blue stop sign. I'm like, boom, probable cause, smoked him, pulled him right over. And I walk up to his truck and, and I go, hey, bud. And he goes, okay. And I go, hablo inglés. He goes, oh, muy poquito. I said, uh, sí, sí, necesito su licencia y registro, por favor. And he goes, here you go, man. 
I'm like, oh, you speak English. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. As a contractor on base to get those contractor IDs, you have to speak English. You have to know actual English and take yeah. tests and stuff like that. So I knew right off the bat he was playing fucking stupid with me, which I didn't appreciate. So now it was going to be a bad day. And I go, what's going on, man? He goes, uh, you know, trying to tell me in this. And I was like, well, I pulled you over because you didn't stop at the stop sign. I noticed that you guys have a really hard lean and on base, you know, you have to have a certain standard of operable equipment to be a contractor on base. I know that. So let's go ahead and inspect your vehicle. And he goes, oh, do you want to see the back? I can open the back for you. I'm like, I didn't ask about that. But now that you're talking about it, sure, I'd love to. It's kind of like when you ask a kid at his room clean, he's very eager to show it to you. Um, because his room is actually clean because he's got nothing to hide. And so he opened it up. It was a bunch of Gatorade bottles strewn everywhere back there. He's like, oh, we just got done with the delivery. Well, usually Gatorade bottles are a little bit more organized. No matter if it was done with a delivery, you still have the product stacked nicely. It was just everywhere back there. We ended up turning the information over CID. I don't know what happened with that, but um, that was actually, we used combat uh, hunter scores and the profiling and the tracking all in one. Marion, you know what he didn't tell you? What Pasola didn't tell you is it was complicated that day tracking because, you know, uh, right down from Horno, you got Marsock and Von Herbulis' guys wouldn't stop shooting. They still wanted to get their BZO done and everything. So they were having to duck in and weave like weasels out on the range. Bastards, them damn Marines. it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was glad I got to put it to use. And then after that, um, you know, going to college, went to the police academy and stuff like that. And I actually created a survival school. Within that survival school, we're teaching all uh, different modalities and stuff like that. And we were teaching uh, human tracking, land navigation. And then people wanted to learn, you know, uh, how to go out and talk to people, how to profile people and how to um, look at them, get information they want to be able to approach them and start a conversation. And so we were actually taking people out and, and teaching that for, for, for a while. We didn't do a lot um, just because I was firearms instructor and within even firearms instructor as a, as a firearms instructor at Glock store, we were, I was taking people and teaching that information, doing home defense courses and observing their neighborhood, looking to see who in their neighborhood could be a threat, who's gathering Intel on them. Uh, not to try to make them paranoid or anything like that, but like, Hey, you know, if you're in a gated community, and you have gardeners, gardeners have access to that property and have access to that community. They know, and they are the weak point in your security. So if a gardener is, uh, is giving intel to somebody who might want to break in or something like that, uh, not to say that that's aside from race or anything like that, but it's just, that's the weak point. So we're teaching people that as well. So I've used um, your behavior course pretty much every other day since, since the class and even executive protection now. When I'm with my client walking out in public, I'm observing yep. people's faces. I'm observing, I'm using heuristics, proximity, biometrics, and um, atmospherics and things like that to determine whether the person in front of me um, or in the crowd where my client is, is, is a threat to him. Um, and it's not even that someone might want to be a threat. It's if, you know, he bumps into somebody or yep. uh, if he's walking through a crowd and someone just gets a wild hair up their ass or something like that. I'm obviously always observing the crowd. I'm always observing the atmospherics and, and determining whether, um, because as, as a protection, you know, they say the moment we put our hand on a weapon or we go hands on, we've already failed our job. We're supposed yep. to anticipate love, threats yep. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, I'm glad you said that being left, left of bang. I hate to use that term because there was a certain book written about it. Which I didn't really care. It's all right. That. Listen, those, those guys are great. Uh, uh, if, if you had a, size up that uh i would liken it to chitty karaoke uh they I, don't you know, know I, their own song, so they have I, to sing somebody else's song 
but I praise I them it. for being Marines and I thank them for their service, buddy. Yeah. Oh yeah. As a fellow Marine, um, I look at them like you fucking blue Falcon. Um, <laughs> I read the, I read the book and, um, it wasn't bad, but it, to me, it kind of just missed the mark from what I experienced in class. Well, every time I see somebody with one, every, like I'll go through the airport or something, and it's still a popular book because it's a great title. Got it. Whoever came up with those words, hey. And uh, so whenever I see anybody with them, I'll always sign their book, and then they'll they'll be stymied for a minute, and then I'll explain <laughs> to them what's going on. We, you know? we did. Because when you say, hey, do you remember that? We That's did have, uh, we did do a task force once down on the border, and like all the uh, border patrol guys in the task force came in with the book on the last day and had great, they did. Greg sat at a table and they did a, a book signing. It was hilarious. It was their idea. Oh, too. They, wanted, it's no, they, they thought it was hilarious. It, they were exactly. like, that's so funny. And so it was, it was good, but kind of get into to what you talk about. Um, Cause like, you know, using that skill set, and everyone talks about, and, and I don't use some of these terms just cause I don't know what they mean anymore. Cause they all get used differently. <laughs> like, like the gray man, the situational awareness and this, it's like, all right, man. Like I always tell people, well, it's 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 kind of grown, but people are interested in it. But but yep. you know, a lot of people are out there. It's kind of like when people are interested in like, hey, I just got a gun. What do I need to do? And then every prior military dude has their own shooting company, and they're like, you got to be running this, <laughs> and you got to do your drills, and then you're doing this. And I'm like, dude, what are you teaching them? Like, in what what situation are they going to be in Ever. where they need to use that? And it's the same yep. thing with I get into the situational awareness stuff. I always like tell people like, hey, what do I need to do? I was like, all right. Here's what I want you to do for the next week is do not look at your phone unless you're sitting in the safety of your house or at your office and come back to me. If you can can do that, if for one week straight, for one week straight, come back to me, tell me everything you saw and then we'll, I'll give you the next thing to do. And then like most of them can't even do it. And then the ones that do are like, holy crap, I saw this and this and this and this is like, yep, there you go. That is what, that's what 99% of the population needs now. If you're in some role, you know, your law enforcement, your executive protection, your operations at a big facility, you do security, uh, you manage employees. Like there's different things you can do and learn. I think that, yeah, you're going to want to get some training and, and just reading a book or an article isn't always the best, you know, but it, it can, you know, stimulate kind of a, a way to look at it or a mindset. So I want to get into you like with what you do with the Gray Man Project and kind of why that's important to you. I know you kind of briefly explained it right when we when we started, but kind of give me some like what what what's the purpose of this 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 gray man concept and how I like how you define it and what why should that be important to me what what do I need to like why should I be thinking about blending in with my surroundings or even thinking about some of the basic preparation stuff that you talk about so kind of give us a little bit about that basically like you said before um you know it's a mindset and just about everything we do in our life whether philosophy we practice ideology religion politics everything that we do is set on a certain type of mindset with mental health um being a marine being a marine is a mindset um so it, it mindsets allow us the opportunity to get along we as humans we we are social, inherently social creatures. As much as we try and say, man, I'd love to be out in the woods for a yeah. month and without anybody around, after a couple of weeks, you're like, fuck, I'm bored, man. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So it's like, it's like we're social creatures. And, and in order for us um, to really get along and survive, we have to 
survive in social settings. It's why I, I preach to people about social awareness. And unfortunately, in this day, we hear things like social justice and, and, and people use social pressure to force people because we as human beings want to be accepted. We don't want to be pushed outside the fringe. We don't want to right. be excluded from the crowd and the group. And unfortunately, we, we are dependent as human beings uh, to be part of that. As much as we don't want to, as much as we hate to admit that we, we, we don't want to be part of the crowd, instinctively we want to be within the tribe and that goes all the way back to our survival as as you know hominids growing up into anatomy modern humans to who we are now yep. um and 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 i'll start off with with an analogy on survival and adaptation to uh a scientific aspect and I, i'm a nerd for anthropology i'm a nerd for human uh evolution and and cultural anthropology and the two can can be bind um to to allow humans to study each other along with philosophy. And I'll talk about that later, but the one comparison I would make, and we'll get into the gray man, the concept I'm working my way there. I, I tend to beat around the bush a little bit, <laughs> um, but it goes back to the simultaneous existence of human, uh, uh, of, and, uh, of modern humans and Neanderthals. We existed at the same time in Neanderthals and people I talk about, you know, you know, whether one killed each other off or, or how Neanderthals died out and stuff like that. But if we look, we are the only sole surviving hominid species um, now, today. Um, Neanderthals were our closest cousins. In fact, they call them Homo Neanderthalensis now because they actually have a, a more human type of aspect of when they study them. But back then, they survived based on morphology and we survived based on cultural aspects. We survived as a culture versus their morphological features. Uh, uh, Neanderthals were morphologically adapted for cold environment in, in Europe. They had thicker, denser muscles and thicker bones allowed them to be able to trample the ground, go long distances and hunt and throw long spears and atlatls and, and things like that to be able to kill big animals and quite a lot of strength to be able to do that for days on end human beings were like okay that's cool you guys are doing that there's an easier way to go about that life and so they started um, doing different things developing different tools and using better more intelligent ways of doing things and they adapted culturally to their environment so when the ice age had started coming through they had pushed out um, the animals started pushing out the and and the interfalls weren't much more for like eating plants it was a waste of time it, cal calorically speaking it was a waste of time to eat plants uh and they also didn't have the know-how they were just like kill that big thing with four legs and eat that fucker um versus answering the modern humans were like okay there's no food around we need to figure out what around us we can eat and they say that we are culturally adapted because of the clothing style we human beings tend to be a bit more um, fashionable back then. We actually, they found bone needles with anatomy modern humans. That gives the indication. Now we had sewn a stitch versus they had kind of put together their own clothing and stuff like that. So when the ice age came through, the food started going away and the, the Neanderthals started dying out. And as you see in the DNA, like uh, you'll find like in Germans and French people and, and Europeans, you'll start to see a small amount of Neanderthal DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, so you see that they start breeding them out and stuff like that. So you can see where one adaptation failed, morphological adaptation had failed versus cultural adaptation. That's a cultural adaptation. We as humans, we need that cultural adaptation to survive in just about every environment we're in. And that includes a tribal survival um, and social survival. And without social survival, human beings tend to go on the fringes and they don't last too long and their mental health declines and degrades. 
So with the Gray Man Project, what we're doing is we're teaching people social survival, to be able to move into a social environment and look at it, study the people using the techniques that you guys have taught me um, and going, okay, when I observe a crowd, I need to learn how to walk the walk, talk the talk. And it's one thing to enter enter into a social environment and say, uh, and and be and be accepted and saying, oh, this guy, you know, is the token person. Oh, they 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 know us, they understand us. It's a different to be trusted, and that's where you want to be. Is you want to be trusted within that social group to be able to really fit in, blend in, get the resources you need for your survival, whether it's mental survival, physical survival, and then move on as you need to. So basically, what you're doing is you're you're using the skills, the gray man skills. To when they say blend in, because blending, they say blend, great man, blend in. That's all you hear all the time. There's a lot more to it, but obviously the end result is to blend in. But there's more injected into that that method um, than just say blending in. People, it's it's the conclusion. How do you get there? And you get there by using the atmospherics, proximity, biometrics, kinesics, and you learn how that social environment works, and then you adapt to it. Um, by walking the walk, talking the talk, even if you don't agree with it. I teach people in executive protection that when you go into an area, especially in LA, it's a very politically centered demographic. Um, and many of us who are in the EP community tend to be the opposite because of who we are. We tend to think differently. So when you get in that environment, in order for you to survive your job, because then they find out what your politics really are, they're not going to like you. And they're going to fire you immediately because they're not going to trust you. So when you hear them talking a certain political agenda, you almost have to think like them and agree with them to a certain extent. Even if your personal feelings are different, you have to get along with that for your survival in that job. So, so for, first off, um, that, that was an incredible explanation. And this is kind of what drew me to a lot of the stuff of what you're discussing. Because you know, for those listening, like you're talking about, all right, the gray man principles about blending in the environment. And, and you went all the way back to Neanderthals. And that's important because you went through, you know, anthropology and cultural anthropology to explain, meaning you're using a scientific reason of, of where this came from and why it's important. So you just answered those two questions uh, and, and gave us a history lesson and an anthropology lesson as well. But, but meaning that that's what goes into it, meaning you didn't just make this shit up, right? You didn't just go like, oh, you got to do, and this means that, and A equals this, and this means that. It's like, no, nothing's that simple. Look, this is how things, and what you're talking about is is, is basically, at a biological standpoint, is, is adaptation, right? How do I adapt and, 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 and thrive, not just survive, but thrive in a different environment? And, and that does take a lot. If you haven't, especially if you haven't been exposed to a different environment. So, so yeah. the military is a great one because you, people come from all over and you're all forced to do something together, right? Whether you like each other or not. I've been at one of those clubs. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, well, then in military though. Yeah. Yeah. You paid to get in there too, which was I did. Yeah. I paid to get out. <laughs> at least I was the one getting paid when I was Thank in there, you. but I'm not happy with what I had to do. No, but, but you, the, the idea is that that's the point. There's a reason behind it. And, and, and we can get into the details as we go along. For example, you brought up like different political stuff, but, but that, what you talk about of adapting to environment is exactly what we mean. And I remember you posted something on social media. Something like, Hey, what does that mean to you? Great. And that was my thing. It was just like adaptability. Like the ability for me to go, and I took it no different than I had to learn 
stalking uh, in sniper school, right? So I had to learn how to veg up and wear a ghillie suit and make one and blend into my surroundings so that I can operate freely and do what I needed to do. All right, so if I just take that at a 30,000 foot view, that's all I'm doing with the stuff we teach is how do I understand this environment, blend in so that I can do whatever it is I need to do. It doesn't have to be something you know a, a, as serious as a sniper mission or it could just be going to the store in an intense time or something, right? But but that that's what I appreciate that that lengthy explanation because it shows you put a lot of thought into it and it's scientific. Uh, one, one thing, uh, you have to go back. First of all, you pissed off Homo Habilis, uh, who's out in the audience right now, going, that bastard, he never brought us up, and this is all about race or whatever. Uh, second of all, uh, Collier is, is grunting and clicking right now uh, and, and shaking his computer because he's got more Neanderthal DNA than human. Uh, so that's great. Former Marine uh, uh, Scout Sniper, love the guy. But what you do and what you did, you're still – and. and Take this for exactly what I mean it because I love your work and I'm a huge fan. You're still in a garage with 16 ounce gloves swinging. That's wonderful. That means that you're eager and that you want to learn and you know so much more than your students. So you want to pass that on. What Brian and I sometimes have to do, and certainly Shelly and the people that we work with on our side of the house, is that we've got to slow the, the, the ball down a little bit because they're already in the end zone. And they, they've just noticed, hey, who's got the football? It's way back at the beginning. So I'll give you a, a quick example of how to, to dumb it down for the average human. I've got a neighbor, and this is called storytelling, folks. So I've got a neighbor, and every Thursday, this neighbor doesn't get up. I think he's part vampire, and his kids are albino. But he doesn't get up to like the crack of 7 p.m. So at 1900, I see a garage go up. I see him wandering around. And every Thursday, this guy's got this headset with these earphones and this face mask, and he brings out this steel chainsaw-looking string trimmer, right? So he's got gauntlet gloves, and he's got this, this, this uh, like a bolero-looking jacket with leather shoulders on, and he's got these boots. And honest to God, he does his driveway is like a mile and a half long. And he's out there cutting sage. You see rabbits flying, all this other shit, gravels going. And he does that from seven till like, you know, after dark. And you're sitting there going, okay, here we go. So now that you know that, you're house sitting for me. And you're not sure what day it is, but it's around 7 p.m. And you hear some noise and you look up the hill and you see the fucker come out and he's got the helmet on and he's got the gas cans and everything else. A reasonable person could draw a reasonable conclusion and go, it must be Thursday. Further, you could delve into it deeper and go, he's probably going to string trim his driveway. You don't have to be that accurate, okay? You just have to be cognitively close enough to say, this is probably danger and it's unfolding fast. Now, we say three or more cues along any of those domains is more than enough because guess what? The guy might be going to get his string trimmer fixed, and that's just how he dresses. But the idea is the more you observe, the more you know. So you use baselining as a tool in gray man. And that's fantastic because your theory is that the closer you are to the baseline, the less anomalous you'll be. So you can hide out in the crowd, and the crowd will accept you. And predators will look the other way. Predators will look for the peripheral vision triggering. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? The fast, the angle, the, the, hey, there we go. Or the weak and the sick. And so therefore, you're all science all the time. And that's why as soon as Marin called and he was like, hey, guess, guess who I know? And I'm like, oh, you bastard. 
because there's so many posers out there and your stuff will stand the test of time because it's science. And, and, and I, I you get where I'm going, Brian. I, yeah. I don't know what way to, to no, 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 that, that, uh, and that it's actually brings up a, a great point that we can start getting into some of the stuff I know that you see and we put out on social media where you're like, oh, that this kind of went sideways here or wait, people aren't really understanding. <laughs> In the group, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of different reasons for that. And, and Greg just nailed it. And what you talked about is that baselining or, or context understanding context is step one before we start going down the line of all right this could mean this or this could be that or this it's like wait wait context what is the context for which we're making this observation and that's what the baseline is right all right i if i'm going to make a comparison right if i'm going to see something that i think is odd well it's it's everything is subjective and, and i have to it's all relative meaning it's odd compared to something right so so yeah. things aren't just odd on their own they're odd compared to a baseline right and so so that understanding of the context and the baseline is hugely hugely yeah. hugely important and yeah. and that's the part that i think people need to focus on mastering first because if you just focus on understanding the context better really just sense making right um the the anomalies will not only be more obvious right but but will be understandable i think i don't know do you kind of get where i'm going with that well, you're absolutely correct. And I try and press upon people to use less emotional reasoning and use more logical reasoning, using illogical steps and try and put it past those biases they already have, because a lot of people have their own training experience. Uh, in a law enforcement community, people say, based on my training experience, and then they draw a conclusion. Well, you have to almost put some of that past where, where there's an emotional experience, an emotional bias, and so put that aside and go, okay, if I'm reading the situation within the context of what I see, what can I logically deduce? What specifically do I see? As you can see, like some of those pictures I post up, someone will post like some, they'll just grab from the sky and go, boom, there's what I see. I'm like, that's not at all what I was getting at, man. <laughs> like, all right, let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit more. You're absolutely correct. Uh, it, t- it takes a little bit more, uh, I feel, patience teaching this stuff to people because mm-hmm. they come in it with this already sense of like authority instead of being humble and expressing some humility they come at it with this cocky i know this already kind of thing or i already have a sense of knowledge because i'm a man because you know you see guys like well i was in law enforcement 20 years or i was a marine i did this and that and they already come with a sense of authority it's like all right let's 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 take that back let's let's erase the fucking drive board a little bit and throw some stuff on there for you for you to to read and, and take in and said the way they call it the, is it the dunning kruger syndrome where you yeah. you know you know just enough to sound like an expert but you really don't know enough that you're wrong yeah that, so, that's what go ahead greg yeah no no you're here's the thing brady which you just framed in in in, yeah. in short order is what happened in our nation over the last few months with law enforcement. Oh now, my God. The problem yeah. never started with law enforcement and the problem never started with racism. There's a whole bunch of complicating factors. We could do a series of shows on that. But what happened is now when the microscope came down, coppers have a mission and, and forever coppers since Peel, uh, uh, coppers have had a very specific mission and, and a set of parameters, a left and right lateral limit, a limit of advance. So when a copper shows up at the scene, the shit's already hit the fan. And, and so when they come up, what are they? They're declarative knowledge gurus, and they're going, you stand over there. The next time I come back to this, everybody on the other side of this uh, line, uh, uh, they have to be in certain environments. Now, you have that, and that creates a confirmation bias that you're the guy. 
that you, you're the shell answer, man. Male, female, doesn't flipping matter to me. Color doesn't matter to, because people are ready to jump on that stuff. I heard you talk for 15 minutes on a diatribe about the history of the social anthropology and cultural anthropology, and you never once said white, black. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You said a region. You said a, a, a area of the, the planet, but you don't need to go that deep. If you come up and your cup is already full and you're already on transmit, guess what you've just done to the environment? So you avoid that and you have to de-escalate that in the training. Back in the day, because training has evolved, except for those people that, that stagnated because they said, hey, we'll just do Combat Hunter in its original form as it was taught, which was fine for that deployment, but it's grown. But, but we used to have to walk into the room and here you'd have all these tier one operators ready to bite you and they, they want to chew your head off. And I'd have to walk in and go, hey, let, can we cut through the dick measuring and get to some training? Everybody would bust out <laughs> laughing and we would be there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the idea is that if they come in with bravado and I love what you do, I couldn't do it. Because like when you're posting stuff, first of all, I can't do it, meaning I can't. I have no knowledge of social media whatsoever or how one would post something. But the second thing is I see all those posers putting up the vid. And the vid, there was one just a few months ago, Brian. You remember I, I, I asked you, oh, how do we save this? And I couldn't save it. I still don't understand LinkedIn. But a guy came up with a big flowered bag right in. There was uh, interperimeter security, walked right past him and everything, pulled out this butcher knife that was this big and stabbed the hell out of the guy and his, and his old lady. And I don't remember what they were, but they were like the Korean ambassador to the Philippines. But it doesn't matter. None of that shit matters to me. What matters to me is the guy was at bang and going, see? Well, listen, Ed Bang, Stevie Wonder can see. What the hell? Who's going to call out Ed Bang? The idea is how far with one bullet, one question, one set of flex cuffs, one phone call, how far to the left of that bang could you have stopped that? Could you have mitigated it? Could you have changed that? And that's what intrigues me about your stuff, because as similar as it is, it's different because your perspective is different. Your perspective is about, look, I can survive longer in plain sight. If I'm out there wearing a camel back and, and have only one arm tatted up, do you get what I'm trying to say? And I'm left-handed, I'm telegraphing to the world that I'm the guy you kill first. So we just use a different uh, frequency, a different bandwidth, because what we're looking for is pre-event indications of danger from the predator. You, you get what I'm trying to say? And you're taking it from the perspective of the human on the street going to the 7-Eleven. So there's so many similarities because it was born of the same science, and that's humbling, and that's also complementary to, to both programs. Huge fan, love what you're putting on there. I can't stand criticism, clearly, because my <laughs> ego is so huge, but anytime that I see those shitty vids come up where yeah. right at bang, somebody points at them, honest to God, Helen Keller screaming at the, the computer, I know what's going on. So how do you deal with that? How, so it's like psychologically, how do you, cause Marin's my, I beat Marin up all the time. Did you see what they posted? And Marin has to peel me back off the fence. You know, what I love about Brian and I, he will, I'll post things or he'll post things and you'll see the comments on there. And we try to go back at it very logically with the person. We'll try and hold back to going, God, you're a fucking idiot. Okay, you, know what? <laughs> you know, actually I like what you said here. But yeah, here's right. a different perspective, and yeah. we'll we'll talk to them. You know, I see, and, I see what you've see. done here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those things. It's like okay, pull it back. It's just a lot of patience, especially. Um, I have to deal with a lot of patience with with especially in the veteran community because I deal with yeah. veterans yeah. constantly. 
who are hyper emotional, which I just wish they weren't. I, mm-hmm. I would like them to go back to a, a more logical, lethal uh, mindset. But the, a lot of veterans now are in this hyper emotional state, ready to just jump on this, this, this trigger, this, that, so on and so forth. So dealing with veterans, you have to approach it uh, from, from the mentor mentality mm-hmm. of saying, mm-hmm. okay, let's look at this day differently like this way, but you start off the compliment and say, okay, this is great. I I like that you're thinking about this. Now let's twist the 180 a little bit and look at a different way from an objective standpoint, because the way you're using it is a, a, or the way you're saying this, looking at this is from an emotional uh, bias point. So let's go objectively here. And so with the gray man community, I try and use, because within the gray man, you have all these different types of people and the gray man idea had come from preppers, uh, from the, and their idea, the original idea for the gray man was like, the world has ended. Yeah. You got all these things (laughs) and now you got to blend in with these groups to get resources and kill this Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a Mad Max idea. And other people say, you know, I've seen this video where a guy was like, unless you were special super underwater scuba sniper jedi and special forces this that so on and so forth unless you've been to combat you're not a fucking gray man it's like i don't think you understand what gray man is it's a no. mentality it's an idea to take this and look at things differently you're not just looking here you're using your peripheral you're looking around that, and that guy robbing that, that bank line. that guy in place in that id that guy that shot mm-hmm. that marine with a piece of shit sks and only had one bullet all of those guys were tier one operators, right? Now that's a, a totally the wrong attitude, and it, it, it's taught though, isn't it? Isn't it taught by media and apps and shit? That, yeah, that- you know, like you, you've great up, brought up an example of like, you know, hey, in the veteran community, I see this, and and you do, but I mean, we see that everywhere, right? It's a, a very emotional reaction, especially how we interact on social media. It doesn't leave a lot of room for structured conversation. Uh, there's, I don't taking out of context and text too. Well, that, the way people that, type, but yeah. that's why we we're learning this, right? Assuming that's assuming an attitude, that, right? That's, right. That's why mm-hmm. that's, but that's why like emojis and memes and all the, that's why those exist because <laughs> it, it puts yeah. context to what you're saying. Like, you know, I can send you a text and you can read it seven different ways, but now we've got little emojis or gifts or whatever to express what whatever. And yeah. Aaron and I send a lot of whatever. Yeah, we send a lot of whatever. But, but it gets right to the point. But what and one of the things, you know, you talk about, oh, we come in with our own biases. And that's true. And and Greg always likes to say, like, you know, all humans, we all have a very fragile ecosystem, but but we all do, right? So so in some ways I'm really good at at, at processing information and look at it critically. But then sometimes when someone says something, I get really fucking pissed when I shouldn't. So we all exactly. do in some different way. So, so the idea is, is, you know, using it in, in every area of your life. And, and with all this stuff, um, one of the things Greg and I boil it down to, and you, you probably this similar way is especially dealing with what you have to deal with in executive protection. Cause what people forget to, or haven't done anything like that, like I've never, I haven't done a lot of executive type protection because one, it blows, you know that. I mean, just, I don't want to deal with, I don't want to babysit someone. Like I'll go and to Brian's homeless, which I'll go to whatever limits, country, limits the number of executives. I'll go needs. to whatever country with a team of dudes. That's fine. Like I'll, I'll go to the high threat stuff all day long. Cause it's honestly, it like easy, it's easier, but <laughs> so, but, but the idea is it, one of the things is we always boil stuff down to is like, Hey, First of all, what is someone's intent? What are they trying to do here? Like what it what that because that's what's in one 
That's what's important. All humans demonstrate intent. You know, we don't Absolutely. just wander around outside on the streets unless we have some, you know, mental health or drug interactions. You just don't wander around. You, you go somewhere for a reason, right? So everyone in some capacity demonstrates intent. And I need to focus on that because, you know, looking at what they're wearing or the color of their skin or what language they're speaking doesn't necessarily tell me anything or their religion, right? That doesn't, you, and you could say some horribly awful things and think that, but that doesn't mean you're ever going to do anything. I mean, right. Exactly. So, so we, if we, we, we get out of this and that, that allows us to then go, well, what, what information do I really need? You know, I always love it when, cause we always say, you know, like bumper stickers and the type of car you drive and the way you drive all that stuff, it screams what's important to you. But it doesn't necessarily tell me what you're about to do, right? It tells it me what doesn't matter yeah. when it comes to intent or yeah. precedent. It doesn't show me or demonstrate any uh, uh, logical step towards that. Okay, you know, you can be an ass in public and you have the right to say whatever you want to do. But that doesn't mean that I have to take a defensive posture and start mm -hmm. getting the principal to the, the getaway vehicle. And that's the big problem is there's so many, uh, 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 it's so easy to access shitty information now do you remember before like if you wanted to read up on let's say the central intelligence agency under colby you had to go to the library and get out a book and go and do some actual reading about that and talk to people and show up now everybody's a pundit everybody's a journalist you know and that speaks directly brady too when when you were talking about profile you have any idea how much shit that i had to get go through when i was saying well i'm a human behavior profiler oh my god Horrible thing. You, you get what I'm trying to. They were tearing down my statue. They were tearing well, my that's statue. That's a big statue. That's a, funny. And I, I made that son of a bitch. I've actually sat and talked to people about stereotyping and, and profiling and said it's it, people use that word as a pejorative and they, they sound like it's the bad thing. I was like, look, uh, stereotyping is a tactical shortcut. Profiling is a human survival condition. You're using human um, experience in the past. Like, look, if I go walk down the street, and I see somebody dressed a certain way. I'm not being pointed here. I'm, I'm saying if someone's dressed a certain way and they attack another person, my mind stores that information, what they look like, what they're wearing, how it was worn, colors they wear, color of their skin, how their hair is worn. Everything is stored right there because now my brain associates every information about that person with violence. So now that's stored in my brain. So now I'm walking down the street years later and all of a sudden – the spidey senses tickle and they go, uh, something's going on here. Well, I look down the street and see a guy and all of a sudden I get a tingly feeling. Well, what my brain is telling me is like, okay, there are features about this person that associate with that one time you witnessed violence. That is stereotyping. That's taking those information. That's so when we, we automatically profile people and you know, if I'm walking down the street and I see my, my spidey senses tingle and looking at person, I'm going to avoid that situation. I don't give a fuck about your feelings, about what you think is racist or sexist or bad. I'm fucking moving out of what my brain is telling me is danger. Profiling is a survival instinct. Your brain does it automatically. If I see a fucking tiger, I know that that guy has potential to attack and maul me. Exactly. I'm going to avoid it. It's not because I hate the tiger. It's not because I, I don't like the tiger. Fuck, I'd love to go to the tiger and pet it and cuddle with it, but I know it's got big cuddly paws that want to rip my face the fuck open. So I'm going to avoid situations in which I see danger. And so when we talk to people about the gray man project, about being gray man self, it's taking and now observing your biases 
breaking it down into logical functions. So that way you can say, okay, well, my spidey senses are tingling. Why is it tingling? How can I look at the situation? Is it, is it logical for me to approach a situation with fear or, or not? Can I, can I avoid my emotional bias right here and observe this? Okay. I'm going to walk down the street and I see this person. Now I already know I associate that with danger. Is this danger to me? Now I'm going to take all this other science and information and apply that. And that's where people don't understand about profiling. Yes, it's survival yep. instinct, but we can also break it down logically and apply it with science. So, so folks that are listening, folks that are watching, fans of the show, fans of Brady, fans of who the hell ever you are, uh, he's talking about reticular formation, which is electrochemical neurotransmitters in the brain that work with your amygdalic uh, uh, responses to your environmental triggers. Uh, the entire back of your head is your visual field. You've got olfactory to smell decay to, to trigger the warning that there may be a predator in the area. All of these things uh, uh, could help a police department right now, because just because the person called nine one one and reported a suspicious person, you don't have to operate on what that person at nine one one said. You should operate on the baseline that you create with your observations. Certainly, if somebody's on a knee loading an RPG, we're not talking about that shit. Stay, save that for your your blog post. What we're talking about is a copper has to come up and take a look at the situation, and he has to say, "Hey, listen." That's the person they reported. Let's watch for a minute and see if there's any prevent indications of violence, artifact and evidence in support. I'm, I'm taking gray man and I'm just looking at the obverse. I'm just looking at the opposite side of the same coin that we're talking about. And that would lessen so many instances that are going on. We have file folders. Some of our file folders are corrupt. Doesn't matter to the brain. When it comes up, the brain acts on that information. Some of them may be linked to latent a uh, 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 racial fear that happens sometime in your life. If that does happen and it triggers an electrochemical response, that's outside of your purview, but you can avoid it and you can prevent against it with training for the real event and with your observation skills. Listen, a person that doesn't make eye contact doesn't necessarily mean he's a terrorist at the airport. He could be that a campesino. Do you get what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing. So what we say is never rush to put a round peg in a square hole and always develop an architecture for your uh, perceptions and how you convey those perceptions. And, and that's what sometimes, I don't want to just go into police agencies, but uh, I mean, to me, it sticks out like a calligrapher in, in, in Portland, right? Yeah. That, that if we don't know how to operate within our environment, then it's going to be abrasive. And the more times it's abrasive, it's either going to make a pearl, which is really rare. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Or somebody's going to punch you in the mouth, right? Or, or try to run you down with a car. So yeah. what I like about yours is, is uh, and, and I, uh, Brian, I really want to touch on that aspect. What I oh, yeah, see go. Yeah. is more, fa more factors that were related to psychological de-escalation in Brady, right. uh, 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 Brady's work than in, in other works that we've seen recently. Does that make sense? How, how would yeah, you care? no, and that's that's kind of what what <clears throat> I get into this, and and you know we call a lot of these things psychological de-escalation. That's a that's an internal and an ex external skill set, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, you have to be able to de-escalate yourself. And like Brady, you talk about, hey, you're you're letting everyone has a different way to articulate this, right? So you're like, hey, uh, you're letting your emotions get into that, and you're like, okay, and then some people like you're like, all right, well, I'm going to study about stoicism. It's like, okay, that yeah, that's a that's a good way to understand that slice of the pie, right? Yeah. Or that's a good way you can, you can go down that rabbit hole or we can go down this area or 
we can talk about this Dunning-Kruger effect, or we can talk about ego. It's just we just boil we always just boil that down to like biology man like look it's all about survival right so if everything's about survival not just for ourselves but the group as a whole right we exactly brought it up like human Dog tribe Dog tribe has to like, make it to the finish line we we yeah we don't we don't keep going if it if just brian makes it we need a whole bunch of other people right that's an ugly tribe and, and that's a whole, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't want to be that <laughs> tribe yeah i wouldn't even like, i think they already did that wasn't it called meerkat manor didn't they do that experiment before i'm just saying there he well, goes exactly that's a good point it's it's the fitness of the species as, as yeah. we go along and, and learn and i you know, when we use the terms like the Dunning-Kruger and we understand the terminology, we can, I, I, I feel that we can begin to really understand and break down why we are the way we are. And I, I think the more that we study ourselves as human beings, as individuals, and who we are as social creatures, the more we can begin to really understand what makes us tick and how we can fight some of the negative human aspects of, of who how, we are. And, how much and more I, alike we are not mm -hmm. how different we are. Brady, you exactly. hit on that all the time. And, and, and I see that in your work and I see that on the vids that you're posting, uh, where you're talking to people because the mindset, like uh, uh, Brian, I don't know if I can bring up that, uh, that program that the Marine Corps had, uh, what was the, not Kaoko, what, what was the name of the, that might've been it, the, where there were the cultural, I think it was Kaoko. They may still have it, but but the thing was that that we were getting these uh, before we were going into Iraq when Iraq was really oh, like tactical Iraqi or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but but it was more than that because we had this thing that we had to put on our sleeve, and it showed all the different tribes and which religion they were. And it was in in uh, hard plastic that you had to put on the what's that one piece bodysuit that I looked like a gosh damn idiot in so that that's you guys a, wore one, the a onesie. No, no, but you Marines had it. And they, they said, we wear this because it's fireproof. And you can imagine how big I looked, you know? Oh, and so I had suit? this tape. That, <laughs> yeah, I had a flight suit. And I had one that was taped over here that said the different districts. And then I had the one that they were telling me about the flags. And then the other was telling me about the colors. They had me so bamboozled my first trip to Iraq that that uh, my own survival was second best, right? I I wasn't even thinking about that. Then I started going, hey, wait a minute. I've got a personal security detachment. Not every Marine gets that. So that's kind of sucky because I owe it to those guys to be doing what I was paid to do, which is teaching them how to pay attention. And, and the idea is sometimes we can flood the net with the useless. None of that shit matters when it comes down to intent. Now, if you got the time to deep dive and you've got the time yeah. to cut down an environment and stuff, it's wonderful. Uh, uh, Secret Service just did it today with a, a report that was only two years late after the FBI's talking about that, you know, shooters, two thirds of all uh, active shooters, school shooters, mass murder shooters, uh, uh, project uh, uh, pre-event indications that were brought up at some point and nobody acted on it. Well, that's a function of training and leadership. So we can go after this. I'm totally with you that we can go after this. So the logical question is, why do people fight training when it's not about muzzle uh, uh, washing and shooting and ramming doors and blowing shit up? Why, why are we sitting here talking to you rather than teaching a course somewhere? What, what's the matter with humans that they don't take that seriously enough, Brady? That's a good question. And I honestly think people are just lazy. You know, it's like when you I read totally a text agree. message, you literally get a text message, you, you, you skim over it and you miss things. And people really actually skim over a lot. When people make a long Facebook post and stuff like that, I immediately tell them, I didn't read all of that. You know, if you can't get me the first two lines, we're inherently lazy. We want to know the cool guy stuff too. No one wants to know the science behind it. No one wants to know the boy index or the nerd stuff behind it. They just want to do. 
when I was a firearms instructor, I'm teaching people muscle memory, but I couldn't, I, I, I've heard muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory throughout my Marine Corps career. You know, why am I putting center mask? Why am I putting the gun up here? What's the reason yep. behind it? Why am I doing this? For me, I always wanted to know why. And a lot of people don't want to know why enough. They just want to say, I'm going to do this. This is what we're going to do. And I'm just going to do it. I want people to know the science behind it. I want people to look at things more intelligently. I wish people would look at things with more intelligence behind it. And people, like I said, are just, I think are too lazy to really do that. And it takes a charismatic instructor, much like yourself um, and much like Brian uh, to really just catch people's attention. And you got to want to know the knowledge too. And people oftentimes now they just want to be told. They don't want to seek out for themselves. Which is okay. They don't want to, Which is yeah. okay. That doesn't, that doesn't exhibit a lack of critical thinking. That just mm-hmm. says, Hey, listen, I recognize you as a SME, the subject matter expert in this, uh, in this arena lead me, help me because I, I need that when it comes to working out. I, 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 uh, Marin and I are in Denver a couple of weeks ago and we're doing some stuff and I felt really good cause I'm working out. We're hauling ass. We're parking a long way away, you know, doing all the stuff to, to try to get back down to 500 pounds, you know? And, and so we go out to dinner and I order, uh, uh, uh two orders of veg because I didn't want the French fries and I ordered the fish and Marin just lambasted me right in the chin. He goes, Hey, you got fried fish. So for him, that ruined everything, you fat bastard, yeah. you know? So I need that in my life. I need Marin to bring me back down to real and say, how are we doing on that assault bike? So that's okay, though, because that shows a tribal mentality. That shows you want to be a part of it. What I see coming off of you is you've got this hard edge, and people that don't know you wouldn't understand that you're completely, uh, uh, you have restraint, you demonstrate the restraint, you demonstrate intelligence, but you also come across with empathy. And I know that you criticize emotion, but more of your amygdala messages are sent out to trigger emotions. Why? Because emotions like heat, it's the quickest way to get a human to get somewhere and do something, right? But you emotion is trigger useful. empathy. Yeah, it is useful, but you can't let it get in the way and you can't let it overwhelm you like PTSD. So, uh, folks, I just want to say one thing, Brady. If you haven't seen Brady, you haven't seen what he's putting out there, I would definitely say take a minute and do that because I honestly think that the more facets – look, this is one Fabergé egg. It's all about science, and it doesn't matter which little window you're looking through. It's all the same. You come to the same exact conclusions that we have. Uh, I would suspect that anybody would except for the posers that still are going, who was who Erasmus? What's calculus? Uh, uh, you know, Yerkes Dotson, who's he? Uh, but but I, I really suggest anybody go take a look at Brady's work because it's just different. Like, like you endorse stuff. We don't endorse stuff. Uh, you go out there on the range. We don't do that because we're so far left of bank. We live at the experts like you. So, so I, I hope folks understand that we stay in that niche, Brian Marin, that we stay in that laser-focused niche because that's where we operate, you know? You guys, yeah, you guys have a, this one hell of a niche and you guys really have one hell of a grasp of it, which is what I really respect and, and like about you guys. And and I actually admire both you guys, your work and what you do. And I constantly looking at you guys as posts all the time, yeah, as much as I can, I'm sitting uh-huh. in a vehicle, um, looking at stuff with the gray man. Um, it's not just about the cerebral stuff too. It's about the tactile physical skills too. As we, we mm-hmm. go out and teach wilderness survival. We go out to the woods and teach people how to be able to, to survive outdoors, um, urban survival. Um, we, you know, there's, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but there's this, this community that's all about, you know, uh, lock picking and hacking and stuff like that. And then they call it gray man. Come, it's like, that's come, not comes in handy during a Zompok. I've, I've but, seen that. But in I, every day, I, I in every, first. Yeah. 
but in everyday application, you know, I carry a lock pit, uh, lock pick uh, set with me and I have it with me, but the only time I've ever really picked a lock is when like my boss has asked me to pick his lock for his cabinet or someone, uh, my old work I used to do like a fired employee took the key. So I had to pick the lock on, on something like that. That's the reality. Like as everyday human beings, we're not as tactical as we want to be. We are not applying this tactical um, skills. You know, I'm not, look, as a protection, right? I'm fire instructor, years, teaching, shooting, stuff like that. The moment I put my hand on my gun, executive protection, I've already failed in my job. What am right. I doing, right? You know, so it's a, a lot about the mindset. We teach all these different things for that moment where you fucked up. Because the yeah. skills that we teach for survival, well, survival skills are when, something bad has happened that you can prevent. And what I say is with the right situational awareness, with the right mentality, you should be able to avoid most conflicts. Now that's not very exciting. Everyone, you know, how do you sell that to people? When we're, when we're selling a gray man project, we're selling boring ideas and science and stuff like that, but we have to spice it up. Like, by the way, now that I showed you how to prevent from that happening, now I'm going to show you go out and how to skull fuck somebody with your pistol and shoot somebody. And, and Which is the technical term, here. folks. That's a technical <laughs> I apologize. That's a technical I no, that's okay. But, um, but teaching people these really cool skills. Okay, you know, why am I teaching you human tracking? Well, that's because you miss the pre-indicators when they escape. Now I'm teaching you how to track it. a guy down and go find him. You know, Companion um, skills. Hand in glove. Hand in glove. Essential skills. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and what the market that we're trying to appeal for is like Skylar and Hollywood-like. Yeah, you know what, man? Like, I didn't really wasn't prepared for like the coronavirus, but uh, you know, I got my water. I was kind of without that, you know, so I had to go find it. You know, it's teaching these people. It's like, look, dude, you should have a filter in your house that you can attach to the faucet. That way, you have fresh, clean drinking water. You know, should like a shortage come up, you know, okay, you even should, if you know, the power goes out, even if yeah. you get what I'm trying to say, the, the, it's simple, exactly. basic preparedness. It's so simple. Yeah, and with 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 the preparedness, it's all a preparedness mentality with a gray man. It's just preparedness, fit, physical preparedness. Because Brian sees me every morning, I go on and work out with my buddy, and I want people to be more physically prepared for the environments that they have to endure. The more physically fit you are, the better off you are. Um, Even, especially in a COVID environment, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. that has immediate applications, and and that means that your your brain will function longer. That means that you'll you'll survive wounds better. People have to think that way. Brian, I want to tell one very, very brief story. So so uh, uh, Brady, I know you know where Miscatatuck is, the Miscatatuck Urban Training Center for all the high-speed shit in Indiana and in, in, uh, just down yeah, south of yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Huge town, a mental institution, all this other stuff that they gave the entire town, <laughs> the dam, the nuclear facility, everything over. It's all training now. And it's 24-7. Awesome. So there's armed robberies going on and car chases and all this other shit. It's like, it's Remo Environment 101. And, and so we were there and we had a course and the course was units I can't even mention, all the alphabet agencies and everything else. They're following us around. We're doing nothing but on the glass, never fired a shot. You know, all these uh, scenarios that are lasting 24 hours a day, back to back. I'm having to swap out instructors. At the same time in Miscatatuck, they had the plasma charge uh, uh, course. They had the uh, entry, the plasma charge entry course. They had the live tissue sample where they, uh, don't don't get on me, folks. That's what they do. They shoot a goat and they got to keep the goat alive, you know. And uh, then they had the, it was some other course that was Hilo insertion, Australian repel with a, you know, uh, M2HB, you know, attached to your right nut. But the funny thing was that when the two star 
got together and told everybody, hey, listen, these guys are on deck and they're doing this, uh, this human behavior pattern recognition analysis course. No takers. When they said, hey, we're doing the plasma charge course, everybody left but our tier one guys <laughs> that were still in their hide positions. Everybody wants to ram a car. Everybody wants to boot a door. Everybody wants to, to throw in the flashbang. Nobody wants to well, educate that, this. That's that's uh, that's kind of the that's a big purpose too, right? Is what we we want. What's exciting? Or give me the three things. What's the five things I need to do? Yep. And none yep. of this is. Give me a list. It's having a plan and thinking through the situation. But but the the idea of understanding all this that that we're talking about, and I know you kind of hit on this in a lot of the gray man stuff, is it's as much as an internal skill set as it is an external skill set, right? Discipline. And and you know, thinking your way out of a situation is going to win every time. I mean, that's because then you'll be you know, you might not have the answer, but you've done enough of these critical thinking exercises that you'll be able to come up with an answer to a problem, right? And you know, with all that that. Those are all responses. A lot of like the, you know, the shooting and the ramming doors, you know, ramming cars and booting doors. That's that is a lot of fun. But if I really focus on developing those cognitive skill sets, you know, or what people often refer to is oh, like the soft skills. It's like no, these are the all skills. Like these skills you use life all, but but you use those same skills. Yep. When you're booting a door, when you're ramming a car, when you're shooting, like it's that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, those are the ancillary skills that you need to focus on. But, but if the core ones are all about human behavior, not just what someone else is doing, it's, it's what you're doing. I always talk to people about like, they want to learn. Everyone's like, Oh, show me some body language stuff. It's like, all right, man. Like if, if I had to compare reading human behavior to you taking a trip somewhere on an airplane, right? So you got to, drive to the airport, then you got to get on the plane, then you got to taxi the runway, then you got to take off, then you got to fly, then you got to land, then you taxi the runway, and then you get right. Like reading body language would be like figuring out which gate to go to after you landed. Meaning you just, you just flew all the way there. And then like that stuff is you're getting in the weeds and that's so minute and you don't even understand the context of which you're viewing it or the baseline. Right. So I, and I know it's fun and people think stuff, but it, what, what you do is when you start there, that's when you get people who are like, oh, uh, he's looking up and to the right and touching his nose. Uh, they're lying. It's like that. Fucking no, hate that no, shit. No, oh, you yeah. can't. And, and, you know, and it's hard. Well, people to, watch too much lie to me, that, that yeah, show. It's not just that, though. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, we, we, we watch that too much Brady, of that show. Brady, we were at Liberty University, and the very first uh, uh, practical app Brian and I set up, is we had all of these experts in human behavior and 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 uh, self-proclaimed body language experts, and we had them lined up across a room from each other. What did you say? Just a couple of meters, right, Brian? And they both had a chair, and then behind them were the psych- psychological stances. And Brian and I would at random write them on a board. So like anger cues, for example. And so uh, what, you know whatever the the emotional intent was, the person had to act it out without saying any words. And then the group that was behind the sign that didn't know what it was had to say it. Because we were in a course talking about human behavior pattern recognition analysis, everything was an anger cue. Oh, look, that person, they're, they're thinking about deceptive. doing something right now. They're, they're being deceptive with me, and, and look, they're angry. And it's like, do you understand that if everything, you know, uh, you're all wrong? And once they saw that they were wrong, I'll, I'll just shorten it, cut to the chase. Once they saw that you couldn't determine a psychological stance uh, uh, in an austere environment with all, all the social and psychological and emotional baggage that humans carry and how they interacted with other humans. And when they're at the 7-Eleven in the parking lot, if you don't have all of that stuff. All you're doing is throwing darts at a gosh damn map. 
And and once they saw that, that was a critical change for them. And that's what I love about survival. See, the great thing about you in a survival context, there's so many great things about Brady, folks. Make sure you look them up. But in survival, if you effing fail, you die. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in wilderness survival, and, and I remember a guy named Vandermolen a long time ago, uh, went into wilderness survival and had one of those big machetes on his rock with, uh, you know what I'm saying, where you break away the machete and you had the machete. And the first place that he put that machete was in his right leg. And he got himself just off the left of his knee and just wedged it in there, pulling it out really hard, you know, because he had never done that under stress before. And all he was going to do is cut some wood. And so they had to do a helo and extract this guy. And do all. It was one of those Civil Air Patrol survival encampment kind of things like that. And this guy took himself out of the game in the first 15 minutes. And, you know, so so without the appropriate amount of training. I, I told Marin this yesterday, just joking, because I was watching one of them shooting shows. And everybody on it was a Bubba ass bag. They had no idea what they were doing. It should never be authorized to carry a gun or procreate. And I told Marin, it's like, these guys buy a gun, but but they it's like buying a guitar. You buy a guitar, but you don't spend any time with it or learn anything yeah. about it. And you go, oh I'm, my a, I'm a fucking musician. You can, what are you, an idiot? And and that's I why I avoid social media, man, because I just don't get it. I I I, I would I be thrown off if I wasn't. Um... You know, running a business, running a nonprofit, um, I wouldn't be on social media. It did save me a lot of money from having to go to high school reunion because I could see everyone still fucking sucks. <laughs> that's so <laughs> you know funny. What I mean, like I was like, oh, you guys still suck. All right, cool. Um, oh, that's so funny. You know what though? I honestly think social media has its uses, especially in this type of industry, because you can see how people react online to each other and how they use certain languaging uh, cues, how they how they use certain behaviors. Um, and Brian, Brian does that. It's called grinder, I guess. I haven't looked that one up. <laughs> I'm just saying, I I've heard that around, but I, I think there's an advantage to using social media, using Instagram and Twitter, uh, a for marketing, but B for, for understanding, um, social behavior online because people act completely different online than they would in person. You know, people oh, totally. have this, this, Absolutely. this ability, uh, because of distance, because, you're when you're saying something Anonymity, to somebody, yeah. you're saying you're saying something to their profile picture not their actual face if that right. makes sense you're seeing an image of who that person is but you're not seeing their eyebrows you're not seeing their response you're not seeing the wrinkles in their faces when you say something completely devastating and horrible and see the reaction to it the anger yep. that feels yep. because you feel safe at your distance you have no repercussion and honestly i think and i i think this society has an unhealthy lack of fear of physical violence I think people need to get popped in the face a whole lot fucking more to understand they can't be assholes the way they used to be. Here in California, people are fucking assholes behind uh, the wheel of their vehicle because they don't they think they're safe behind their vehicle. They don't realize there are psychopaths on the road and they will pull you off the road and beat your ass on the side of the road. You know, like if you go to states like Arizona, everybody's carrying. And I haven't had one road age incident in Arizona. I haven't seen it, to be honest with you, because I know that motherfucker might be armed uh, in another vehicle. And so I think our society has gotten to a point that social media has allowed more courage, uh, false courage, because right. I think bravado, more right, courage, right. bravado online than they are yep. in person. Because totally I've had that. people that yeah, I've said, you know what? I remember you said this thing online. They're like, oh, like, yeah, I remember you said this thing online. You said something to me. But I'll give the benefit of the doubt that you're a nice person. You didn't mean that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. People immediately turn turn tail and go, oh, wow, like, he remembered that. And now we're in person. That's and you so see funny. people, and it's funny, during the coronavirus, people have become so 
vicious with each other online. And it's a number of factors. It's stress. It's not being able to go out. It's, it's your whole lifestyle. Your whole life is turned, changed upside down, and people don't handle that stress very well. So online, they use that as an outlet to say, oh, Event. you know, horrible, sure. yeah. horrible things to each other. And I run a hiking group, and the people in the hiking groups tend to run a different type of political philosophy, and they're inherently emotional. And so when you do something that they don't agree with, they get online and very angry in a small group and, and San Diego is still San Diego's big, but it's still a small world here. And people, a lot of people yeah. know each other. And so I'm like, I had to remind them like, guys, you're going to see each other on trail every once in a while. You better calm down because you're going to see someone on the trail that you said something wrong to online and you're going to be in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And that's Just not like, how you intended it. There, there, there was a, I, I, I'm the worst LinkedIn member. I've got 6,000 connections in LinkedIn and people that follow me and I don't understand a thing about it. But every once in a while, I have to call Marin, and I always call Marin at stupid times with stupid questions. I don't know why he's still around me. And and uh, the one was there was this article, and the article was very very simple. It was started off by a great marine, uh, a, a, a published author, R. P. Newman, that we love, Gunny of Arabia, and uh, it was something simple as like, hey, it's the birthday of the Corps, or this or that or that. Very, uh, 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 you know, innocuous statement, very simple. And somebody put you know a thumbs up, and then that got somebody else to put a thumbs up. And about the third line down was a guy who's a Marine, a former Marine, and it's even in his title. You got to worry about people when they put too much in their title, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And right right after his name and his title was, you know, former Marine, this, that, and the other. He did everything but list his tours and his, and his uh, you know, ribbons. <laughs> and, and then he puts in there, none of you fucking understand this because none of you were Marines. And then I was like, wow. well, that, that turned evil awful quickly. That escalated that, quickly. So then yeah. somebody else put in there, hey, great RP, that was really wonderful. And, and the guy jumped in again, and he was like, stick to your guns because you don't know shit. Because this, I'm like, oh, my God. And I told Marin, I go, there are so many angry people out there. I don't want to travel anymore. Can we do all of this oh virtually? But what it is, is you're exactly right. That uh, uh, degree of anonymity allows personal uh, uh, persons to transmit information that we all know is total horse shit. And, and they consequence. keep it in. Man, what, what's the one thing? I'll, I'll tell you right now. The first thing that we teach these guys, don't hit send. Keep it inside. Don't hit send. Call me. Text me. Do something. Right, Brian? I mean, well, that, that's, that's, a, that's what I, I kind of get into. I mean, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking shit, you know, bashing all this stuff. But what's the answer? I mean, the, the, the idea is we're right. doing we're We're engaging in all of that behavior right now. So, I mean, it's a little hypocritical, I think, and all humans are in a sense, right? So the we idea, which, which is my thing is always don't, especially when it comes to specifically as social media came up was, uh, you know, never pass up the opportunity to, to keep your mouth shut and unfollow someone. You get to, yep. I think oh, the, the takeaway is this, is that we can create our own world, right? We can create our own environment, what we want that to be, especially on social media, because you get to choose what you see and what you don't see for the most part. Amazingly, I mean, that's called a profile, but, by the way. But but the, 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 the thing is, is that, you know, uh, there's a lot of noise, right? There's not a lot of signal. There's a lot of noise. And and with all that noise is is rather than adding to that noise, is how do we get how do we get rid of that because we often fall into the loudest person in the room right the loudest person gets all that yep. you know those people start commenting like that just off the cuff and they don't even know what it was about because they didn't even read the article or they didn't watch the video clip i love those comments when someone goes well actually and you're like you're like you clearly didn't read the actual article because right. 
you now you look like an ass because the yeah, artifact. I, I don't think, but I don't think the, discussing the, it like that means it's hypocritical, Brian. Well, I know no, that, what I'm what I'm man. saying is that is that what do like and this gets into the whole what what Brady what you're doing with the with the Gray Man project is that like you know one of the criticisms would be because of the stuff not not with what you're doing meaning a lot of the stuff I see when people go down these rabbit holes of stuff is like hey you got to do this and you don't have any stickers and don't do this and do, I'm like. If you display absolutely nothing, like you are going to ping on my radar so hard, immediately, that's so odd, right? No All, stimulus is still a stimulus. Yeah, well, that and that's that's uh, the perfect way of putting it, right? Is like is like, hey, man, like most humans have a very their own personality you know we can all be classified in different areas but we all have our own unique little quirks and things about us and that make us and 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 get people to like us it's like if you have none of that like i'm going what's the deal with this dude right here you get what i'm saying and well, i think probably, we have a manifesto to, to, your, to, your, to your point of the whole point of what you what you explained in the beginning which is why i loved it was that it was it's how do i you know survive in this environment how do i thrive how do i get what i need and and yeah, that sounds selfish, but all humans are inherently selfish, and and it's for the if it's for the greater good as well, right? Meaning, how do I get through this situation? What's which what what's best for me? And I think that's the best way to put it. Is how you articulate it is that. So what basically what I'm asking is to what's the so what? You know, why do I need to do this or why do I need to consider these things? Why do I need to have a plan? Why do I want to be this like kind of somewhat gray man to a certain extent? What do I get out of that, Brady? Well. One thing um, is that a lot of people within the prepper community and, and the tactical community that, that practice great, man, they think they have to do it all the time. It's, it's not a, a 24-7 thing. It's actually emotionally exhausting. Trying to camouflage yourself all the time. Right. I do it for 16 hours a day. You know, when I'm, when I'm with a client, I have to be someone other than myself. And as you guys know, I'm, I'm a talker. I have a personality. I have a crazy-ass personality. You know, when I get online, I got, you know, I'm, I'm very overzealous and, and, uh, sometimes. So when I, when I talk, so when I'm with a client, I have to camouflage myself. It all goes along the lines of like your ability to get along in life and be happier. I think a gray man philosophy allows you to be happier in life. Um, practicing being practicing your ability to be social when you get into social areas and stuff like that. Uh, for instance, my client took me to Burning Man a couple years ago. Oh geez. I'm not a Burning Man kind of. You went of to guy. Burning Man sober? Is that the thing? <laughs> I I was working. I was working. I was with a client um to protect the client at Burning Man. And um I was in a gay area. I'm not a gay dude. I have to um look at that and, and accept that environment that I'm a guest in that environment and then get along with it. And I'm not saying I'm I'm doing anything, you know. No, I want to hear sense, what but, I want to hear what you did. Um, gonna get real good. But I, <laughs> oh yeah. Or real bad. Client, I'm I'm writing client, this down. <laughs> the client specifically said, no one should at all know that you're my security. You can say you're security for the company I, that, that I work for, um, but no one needs to know that you're security. I don't want anyone knowing your security because it'll make everyone uncomfortable around you. Yeah, so I you. had to, I had to dress apart. I had to, I wore my silkies. I, you know, I dressed as they dressed. I acted as they acted. Um, they knew I was straight right off the bat. They, they all knew I'm, I'm a straight man. I, I, I put that off. Um, but I'm comfortable with my sexuality. That world doesn't bother me. I can see two men doing something in the corner and it won't affect me because I'm a guest in that environment. Um, this is their, their home. This is their environment. And so I don't react to things that they would expect me to react to. I go, 
good on you guys. And I, I keep moving on about my business and I converse and I just be a normal person. People get weird in certain situations and you can see it on their face. Um, and, and they wear the emotions on the sleeve. And I, I do as well. I, I get emotional um, quite often. I beat myself down for it um, because I, I, to me, like you, you point out, Greg, I see emotion as a weakness, but emotion is a strength as well. And I, I fully acknowledge that. I just, I try and study my emotions as much as possible, but in that environment where you go along, you get along to survive because my client clearly said, if, if at all someone goes to him and says, ease your security, we're done. We're done for that, for that trip. We're, we're going home. So my survival, my paycheck, depend on my ability to really blend in, really uh, act the part. In fact, uh, they wanted to a couple about a month ago in LA, they wanted to participate on the all black lives matter um, uh, March. And you're going to have a hard time pulling that one off. Just so you know, I'm just saying, well, well, I, I did, I dressed apart. In fact, I rolled, um, you know, we're in West Hollywood. I rolled my, my pan ankles up. Um, I wore a tank top and I wore a gay pride. um, Oh, that's um, fine. I just meant the black part of it. Oh yeah. No, no. And, and actually it was, it was, it was, it was whites and, and, and black. It was, was a mixed race and mixed cultures and things like that. Just right through. Um, and because of the animosity towards any type of authority, whether it's security, yep. law enforcement, stuff like that, I had to ensure now if they knew what I was in my backpack, all my tools for work in my backpack, they would have lost their shit, but uh, not the client. The client knew and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and his friends knew who we were uh, as we we're walking through the crowd and stuff like that. But I had to blend in. I had to get along to survive and stuff like that. And that's when you ask, what's the point of the gray man? The point of the gray man is to be able to take a, a method, uh, um, a modality a tool in your toolbox and apply it when it's necessary. Just like everyone has their own tools in their toolbox. This is just another tool and someone who is tactically aware or preparedness aware, or wants to get in that lifestyle of, of being more aware of their surroundings. You don't have, you can, you can be a liberal arts major coming out of college uh, with a degree in, in underwater basket weaving and in female gender studies and still practice gray man philosophies um, or gray man method. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get away from using philosophy because philosophy is a love of wisdom. Gray man isn't really wisdom and not teaching any wisdom. In it. Yeah, and you, you, method. You, you, you do have a method. It's not just a theory here. Here's the thing. Somebody right now is listening and, and I want to make sure that, that I laser focus the message. First of all, when Brady is using the, the, the term normal, he's talking about a clinical term of normal, meaning a normal human being under uh, uh, normal circumstances. It has nothing to do with whether you think that you're uh, fitting a social norm. The second thing yeah. is that that there was zero ulterior motive in Brady adopting a personality. He adopted the personality as a psychological disarming tool. What he wanted to do is de-escalate the situation, ensure that there was no turbidity. One, not only to maintain his job and, and, and keep his client happy, but there was no need for friction in those environments. He didn't want to have to use this, the nine weapons that he carries and you know, uh, his, his taijutsu tai class. What happens is he wanted to blend in to make sure that he could operate in his environment and get his mission accomplished with the least amount of drag possible. And that's admirable. And, and I wrote something down while you were talking. And, and Brian, if, if, if I uh, was one of the douchebags that flip and passed out coins all the time, on one side of the coin, it would say complacency kills, which we all know. Uh, on the other side of the coin, it would be compassion saves because everything that you're spitting out 
uh, uh, even though you've got a very direct way of doing it and your architecture is no shit, uh, this is the way you do things, your empathy comes through, your compassion comes through. And it's compassion for the environment, compassion for the society that occupies an AO. In other words, you don't come in and go, okay, let's just fix this. You, you remember the, yeah. the, uh, the army in Iraq, a uh, perfect example. I need to say no more. Uh, uh, but, uh, okay, so what we're going to do is rebuild from here, and just each day we'll take a step out in a different direction. Well, you're not, you're not saying that. What you're saying is sometimes you got to go along to get along. It's going to be a legal, moral, and ethical thing because I have no nefarious intent, and intent is the key. My only intent here is to make sure that I de-escalate de de the situation by making sure that I'm not spilling my baggage, I'm not spilling my full cup out and tainting the environment. And that's admirable. I want to make sure people hear what, what, what you said. No, and, it, and that goes into some of the stuff. Uh, I, I think it's good for people to understand. If you just, everyone just asked that question. All right. What, what is the, what is their intent here? What, yes. what we, like that could be to a social media post. That could be something that someone says to you in a store that could be, you know, whatever the situation is, is what is their intent? Because you may take it one. And this goes to how yeah. we look at different political yeah. groups, how we look at different journalism. People. Yeah, right? exactly. Articles, like, yeah, what, I, I what totally is, agree. What is what is the actual intent here? Because, you know, it's actually funny when it, it's it's hit me really hard when we were talking to we had Dale die on uh, Brady. Who's just oh, yeah? You got all this that's so Dale, cool. Dale went right for the so jugular. Just cool. so you know. Of course, he was, he, he was kicking Marin across. Oh, yeah, the floor. he went after great. me for something, and of course, it's Dale Dye. So what am I going to say? I was like, yes, yeah. sir. Uh, so, but but it, was, <laughs> but it was great. But actually, one of the points he made um, was about you know, which we talk about it all the time, but I've never specifically addressed it. He said, he's like, we need to under we we need, we need to be de teaching people language like you need to understand the english language and i'm not talking like you're in america you will speak english i'm talking about the study of language i don't care if that's french or yeah, german or whatever absolutely because learning how to articulate that and understand yes. what someone is saying the is lexicon so is magic man and, you gotta and, and paint that, that picture and, and that's why i get into like hey look i don't use some of these terms because fuck i don't know what they mean to people like even like Hey, this food is all natural. I go, I don't know what the hell that means. I have no idea. I don't, what, I don't even know what organic means. Everyone's yeah. like, this is organic. This is very good no, for well, you. That's, just, like, that's what I mean. It's like, so if, if that's These are organic, two guys that work out all the time, folks. Don't listen to any of this shit. <laughs> but, but meaning, there are like, Trader Joe's every morning having their that's a, that's a great point. Like, you're like, so if this is organic, is this inorganic? Like, I can't eat this. But, but, but the language part comes in because just understanding what is this person's intent and that's why Precisely. like i try to i have to be careful what i post about stuff i don't want things to go down a rabbit hole like you you post that one photo of this truck and it had stickers on it and this that and the other thing and people just literally like this guy's probably only five foot tall he beats the crap out of his old lady he can't yeah, get a woman you're like, like that. i'm going like, like what how did you uh, how did you get that from that i go you had really nice gear and it was very well organized and but you could tell it wasn't used much you know what i'm saying yeah but but he liked having it it was like a truck that yeah. was you know and i'm like okay so my comment was like Hey, if I'm stuck in on the in the dirt on the side of the road, guarantee this guy would love to come out and help me. He would be the first one there. Go, oh, let me get you, man. Like, like you share a sandwich with you, and give you a couple of bucks. Say for what a you want about his bumper yeah. stickers that tells you what's important to them. What does it tell the you? Bumper stickers, intent, yeah. right? The bumper stickers tell me what's important to him and what conversation, what 
what things I can say. I can formulate a conversation to get to know the guy if I want to get to know him. Like, if it's oh, his vehicle, someone. if it's not yeah. a stolen vehicle, if somebody wasn't playing a prank, yeah. you're exactly right. What it does is it takes this entire nebulous world and it brings you down to an environment you can control. It cuts out the anxiety. It cuts out the preconceived notion. It allows you to operate and ask three questions. Brady could go up to that vehicle and ask that person three questions and go from being in the outfield to being right behind pitcher's mouth. That's what it's about. Yeah. And if more people understood it, it works for parents. It works for HR. It works for suicide awareness. It works for sexual harassment. There's one uh, gold standard, and that's the science at the center of all this, that only a human will ever understand a human. And if you sit back, shut up for a minute, and start watching them, and then you have a mentor that that guides you through some of these practical applications uh, application scenarios and part task training, which, 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 which don't like, like one of the other things you do it on the ground, Marin and I, when people come to the class, look, there's some declarative knowledge stuff that we got to lay out in, in a seminar style. Uh, we're on transmit, shut up and listen. Uh, but the minute that we get through that, we're out in the field, we're, we're down on the staircase. We're, we're doing it, you know, in, in real life. That's where the magic is. And if more people resorted to that, resorted to what you're using, and a couple of the great sites that that, that I've seen that are out there that Brian uh, alerts me to, we wouldn't have half the problem we have in the, the nation. Transparency, uh, intellect, situational awareness, which is overused. I, 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 oh uh, Brian God. and I have a I challenge just now. Say that. <laughs> we, we don't want to use that because the idea was I started a revolution when we needed a revolution to get people to increase their essay. The problem is now it's a panacea that they're throwing the magic pixie dust at everything. Now, you, you, once you get there, it's like being a black belt. The black belt's the first step on your martial arts education, not the last one. So, And, and you, sir, are, are, are indeed a black belt. And, and to me, that's a compliment. That's I used to go into my uh, dojo all the time wearing a white belt, and people would go, well, you're the instructor. Yeah, because to me, the color didn't mean shit. It's what you're transmitting, the knowledge, skills, and attitudes aptitudes and abilities you're pushing out brian what a great guest yeah, no i i i'm gonna brady i'm gonna i'm gonna post all your stuff in the episode details who's listening you want to learn more you can link to him all that but i want to kind of throw it to you for kind of last stuff tell us about what you got going on and where people can reach out to you and learn more and go to for stuff like tell, tell us all that all that not just the contact stuff but anything you got in the works coming up or whatever you want to talk about well, first off, thanks guys for having me here. I really appreciate it. Obviously, I nerd out on this stuff, and uh, I'm a big fan of Greg's. I'm not saying I have candles, a poster of them burning in a, in a shrine somewhere, but you need to. <laughs> um, I'll send you but, all the gear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, like I said, you're one of the more unforgettable uh, instructors I've had, and Brian. That's been a good that friend way. Of mine that unforgettable a is a very good descriptor yeah. for for Greg. Not necessarily yeah. hey, in a good way. But. One of the funniest instructors. Man knows how to teach a bunch of Marines. Um, and Thank he always you. joke about his weight in the, in the class. And he's like, what are you guys laughing at, man? Why, why are you laughing when I joke about my weight? And it was always great. And Brian, I mean, you've been a fucking awesome dude an awesome partner and helping me out with the great Thank man you, project. Man. Yeah. And, and Thank you. Things. And it's good knowing that you're just down the block from me. We can hang out and, and go run Hills and shit like that together and, and have a good time. So, but, um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on the best way to, I'm still working on a website right now. And I'm a little lazy because I'm, I'm doing video editing. Uh, we shot some survival videos and stuff like that. The Gray Man Project is a large, all-encompassing type of, of, of organization, we'll call it, Fallen LLC. But, you know, one of my partners is a SEER instructor um, that we're going to be teaching the, the counter-custody stuff and like that because those are the, these are buzzwords. This is how you get marketing. This is how you get people yeah. to – this is how you earn a living by – 
teaching the cool things and the nerd things at the same time. And I call the nerd thing what we use this cerebral, you know, uh, the brain, the science, the the philosophy behind it all, and then the actual skills. People are like, all right, cool. I sat in a class talking about the limbic system and the amygdala response, the short response and long route and all that stuff like that. Now, can we go apply it because they're getting itchy and and want to do stuff like that? So we're we're going to teach everything, the encompassing part of it. We're also going to be doing video reviews and creating this video content um, to bring this to people's doorstep. You know, they don't have to pay for everything. I would love to then come take some classes. We'll start putting classes on when, when, when the governor and the politicians decide who can do what apparently uh, with or without a mask or in public or within yeah. six feet. I, I, it's hard to navigate. And I don't even want to deal with it right now. Envelope every day. <laughs> yeah, even with Trump Adventures, we're trying to figure out when we can have a camp out and take veterans out and stuff like that. So we're still navigating that. But when we can, we're able to, we're going to start teaching classes and, and stuff. And, and we want to bring in all these partners. I'm, I'm not a competitor. For me, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I want everyone to succeed. And this is sure. a big community. And, and where we are within the COVID uh, atmosphere, I think it's time for people to wake up and understand preparedness is not just for the rednecks shooting machine guns and stuff like that. Mm. Preparedness is for everybody. Everybody should look at things with a survival mindset going, how can I make my life a little bit better in a really shitty situation? And I think everyone could deal with that, uh, do, do with that. Um, but the best way to find me, um, is, you know, we have the Instagram gray man, project. And then, um, people can find me. I leave my phone number up and they can call me, uh, text me. <laughs> they can email me, send smoke signals, pigeons, whatever they want to. <laughs> and then you can find us on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, gray man project on Facebook there. But, uh, you know, it's just a, just a couple of us and I'm the main guy. So if you have a question or want to do something, just give me a call or email me. It's pretty easy. Got to hold me. We, we appreciate that, man. And, and I always recommend to that the gray man project, Facebook group you have has got other it's what you what Brady did is again like you said a rising tide lifts all all boats right he brought in people like hey this guy's a a knife maker this guy is a survival expert this guy or girl whatever has just people with different skills because that's the whole point like it's not one person there is no Jack Bauer right so it's it's (laughs) but but you have a group of people that are very very well educated at their craft so they'll give you the takeaways. Hey, here's what you need to know about this. Cool. Then you can come over to Brian and go, all right, I'll go, hey, there's what you need to know about this. Great. And so you get that that knowledge. And there's a lot of that out there where people are looking for information. That's good information, not the clickbait article that pops into your inbox <laughs> that says, oh, the five things every CEO, did, that's all just shit. My favorite Stop thing. Clicking on it. So. It goes, a Navy, Navy SEALs. Yeah, really. a guide to the combing your hair, or whatever. Yeah, the the Navy Seal way of blood, and it's yeah. like oh, I'm gonna get eyes. I'm gonna get crap from uh, Dan, uh, who's following along on Facebook because he he's <laughs> he's always posting stuff on here. But but he's only when we talk like, hey, your beard looks good. Hey, Brady's kind of hot. Like all that. Of course, he's that's that's, that's coming from the, from that, the seal. That, the that, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, so, uh, real quick on my end, uh, Junto Sober Vivimos. Uh, together we survive. That's what survival is. Survival is all of us getting to the finish line, except the miscreants that we got to, you know, uh, check along the way that just don't get it. Uh, second part, uh, let's collaborate on something, Brady. I, I mean, Always. it's been too long. It'd be an honor. Uh, it's great seeing and hearing you again. Oh, come on, man. Uh, uh, you're you're going to make me cry. Uh, thanks for your service to our country. And it was fun 
remember in that shitty building in February where we did the course, but let's do something. Let's do something to, to change some lives out there. Absolutely. Anything I can be a service. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, everyone will have the contact details in the episode details. So just check all that and all the links will be up. We appreciate everyone. We're, we'll in. be at Burning Man, uh, Mary. Well, yeah. I don't think they're going to have Burning Man this next yeah. year uh, with uh, Brady. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. yeah, maybe for work purposes or maybe just whatever. Yeah. Just try new things. All right. Don't, don't forget, everyone. I like that. Training changes behavior. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you would like some more information about what we talked about today, you can head to the Left of Greg Patreon site where we've added some more information about what we discussed, as well as some examples of how you can practically apply some of the lessons learned. Please remember to tell your friends about the show and follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Thanks again and be safe.